speaking today are Kevin Cartwright and Jaron Epstein. The board op for today's program is Erica Bridgman. Thank you for being with us, and we'll talk with you again on the second and fourth Fridays of the month at 2.30 in the afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. She's ugly. Okay. Not ugly. That's a bit harsh. Okay. Um, she's very unattractive, but I love her. My dependable, always there, 1989 Nissan Sentra. Now, working at KPFA means it might be a while before I can buy a new used car. But when the time comes, I know what I'll do. I'll donate my old car to KPFA. It's a great way of supporting the station. And you can do the same. It doesn't matter if your old vehicle looks like it's been on 100 miles of bad road. Donate it to KPFA and get a break on next year's taxes. Visit kpfa.org or call one 866-628-2277 for more information. Donating your old car, truck, motorcycle, boat means supporting independent radio. And you are listening to 94.1 KPSA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPSB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. It is a minute past 3 p.m., Stay tuned next for a cover-to-cover open book. Good afternoon and welcome to Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover. I'm Amelia Gonzalez. Do you ever wonder who takes on the roles of villains in those U.S. flag-waving films where there's always a terrorist or two for folks to remember why we need to wave those flags? We're talking about the world of casting in the play Jihad Jones and the Kalishnikov Babes that is premiering this month. This comedy explores the role of Arab Americans in the media. Yusuf Agindi wrote a farcical comedy where an Arab-American actor is offered the lead in an upcoming hit film by Hollywood's most respected director. The actor wrestles with the promise of a leap to stardom and feeling as if he's betraying his family and culture if he takes on the part of a machine gun strapping terrorist. My guest, Yusuf Agindi, has written several plays, most notably The Monogolous Suffers, her monologue, Back of the Throat, which was first staged by San Francisco's Thick Description and Golden Thread Productions, which won the 2004 Northwest Playwrights Competition and LA Weekly's Award for Best New Play. It was also nominated for the 2006 American Theatre Critics Association Steinberg New Play Award and was voted Best New Play of 2005 by the Seattle Times. And his new work, Language Rooms, that has been awarded the 2008 Axe New Play Award in his hometown, Seattle, Washington. We start our conversation by Yusuf explaining why he decided to write a comedy about Arab stereotypes in Hollywood. Well, over the many years, I've seen on TV, in movies, depictions of Arabs and Muslims in not such a positive light, uh, in a pretty negative, um, sometimes hideous light. And um, I've sometimes wondered about uh, 
the actors who agree to play those parts, the parts of the uh, the terrorist or the uh, you know mad fanatic religious zealot, whatever. And um, you know, I, I, I still I just. I tried to put myself in their place and, you know, if I was an actor and I was given a script with, a, you know, a part depicting an Arab in such a terrible light, would I, I'm not sure I would agree to do that and yet maybe I would, you know. Um, and I was just trying to figure out from the point of view of, a, of an Arab actor, an Arab-American actor, you know, what might be some of the justifications for taking on such a role, you know, uh, I'm sure it's about, well, it's, it's, it's a gig, I'm a working actor, you know, it's a paid job, this might lead to something else, it's good exposure, um, so it was really, you know, it was a response, first of all, to just, to these, to this sometimes, it feels like relentless negative depictions of Arabs and Muslims in the mainstream culture. And then sort of specifically wondering about why Arab American actors or Arab actors would, would take on such a role, you know, uh, in a story that, you know, depicted them so negatively. And it's interesting that you have Ashraf, uh, the actor, in there almost worn out. You know, and I wonder how much of it you start off in any in any business, especially in the arts, where you just sometimes just get tired. Yes. Well, I mean, how, how do you mean worn out? Like he's uh, he's fed up of uh, right by the by the end where he yes, actually exactly. gives into the stereotypes and plays it out, yes. and it's horrible yeah, what yeah. he yeah. De- decides well, is horrible. Well, I think I mean I think in, and and um, I mean I think what Ashraf does in the play in this one scene is he. He's so ticked off that he was persuaded by his agent that he was misreading the script, that it wasn't as negative as he thought it was. And then when he finds out halfway through the play that actually it it is as bad as, you know, he thought it was when Mm -hmm. he first read it, he decides at that point to just, you know... um, make a mockery of it and 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 they want the, a depiction of sort of that you know menacing bad arab then he's going to give it to them you know um he's going to exaggerate uh, and make a mockery of it so he's just sort of goes for it in a very satirical uh, manner i mean kamel talks about the actor who plays ashraf has talked about getting lots of scripts like that you know, uh, that do portray Arabs and Muslims in a pretty awful light. And it becomes a personal decision. Do I, do I go ahead and say yes to this, hoping it might lead to something else or, or, or what? So That's true. And so much of the play is about those stereotypes about Arab people. And stereotypes prevail, especially somewhere like Hollywood and the media. You've been quoted saying that, quote, the thing about stereotypes is that there's always a grain of truth in them. Okay. That's why they're so insidious, end quote. Is there a balance, especially in comedy, because so much of comedy is about making yes, fun? Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, comedy is about, you know, types and stereotypes. And, you know, this play kind of plays around with that. And, you know, one doesn't want to get too precious about 
let me speak from my perspective, the portrayal of, of, of Arabs and Muslims, you know, one doesn't want to get too righteous about this and, you know, come across lacking a sense of humor. Um, the problem is that in regards to Arabs and Muslims is that there isn't a balance. The problem isn't that they're depicted stereotypically. The problem is that they're only depicted stereotypically. There isn't, we don't see any other depictions of Arabs or Muslims. There's only, it's always in a negative light. I mean, one or two, in one or two situations, there is a semi-positive portrayal and one is always startled to see that. So the question isn't, the question is, the problem isn't about the stereotypes, is that, is that, is, is that it's okay if, 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 you know, there are other portrayals in mainstream culture, uh, other positive p uh, portrayals, you know, uh, but there isn't, you know. And unfortunately, yeah, this is a perception that I have that while there was a certain invisibility yeah. prior to 9-11, let's say. Yeah. And post 9-11, you do have all these depictions. Yeah. You might even say that there is a format for the culture of the Arab world to come out, but yet it's so narrow. That it margin is. is so narrow. It is, but I mean, you know, the, the negative, there's a slew of films pre 9-11 that are just pretty awful, you know, in regards to uh, the depiction. And 9-11 and, and just kind of brought that to the fore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you do have this model now, post 9-11, where you will, where it's almost taking the uh, Holly, old Hollywood cowboys and Indians narrative and where you will have the good Arab, you know, in the same way that you had the good Indian, you know, the good Native uh, American. And so, the, so there's an attempt to perhaps depict an Arab semi-positively, but it's always done in such a condescending way, and it's always the exceptional Arab. You know, it's, I, think, I think it's going to take a while before Hollywood just kind of relaxes and um, starts, um, you know, having Arab Americans in sort of just casually, you know, in films as opposed to having them, you know, be these uh, menacing figures these violent, menacing figures. But this, has been, but this has been continuous. I mean, it's not just post-9-11. I mean, the, right, right. Well, know. we have Real Bad Arabs film yeah, done yes. in uh, 2001. I was surprised as uh, a mother who had uh, let her children watch Sesame Street. Right. And there is a segment of how Sesame Street, something just so benevolent. Casual, yes. Yeah, yes. has depicted. Yes. The, it is, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's these very, it's, it's the Jack uh, Shaheen book, I, I believe mm -hmm. it is. And mm -hmm. it is, it's just these very casual, off the cuff remarks, off the cuff depictions. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes I, I think if you went to the writers or the producer or the director and, 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 and would, they'd go, what's the matter? I mean, in a sense, it's become so much white noise that, um, you know, it's not, they don't recognize that they are depicting Arabs uh, and Muslims in a negative light. So how does that impact you as a playwright? Well, I mean, in a sense, my subject matter becomes, you know, some of my plays address that. Um, you know, when you do have this sort of drumbeat of negativity, just writing a three-dimensional character that comes from, you know, the Arab world, you know, that in itself becomes an attempt to chip away at those stereotypes. So, you know, it's not just, you know, so I, I, don't want to, I don't want to come across as if I have this agenda, you know, in my plays. I mean, I, I do, at the end of the day, just want to write 
I'm just writing stories, but these stories have as their central characters, most, uh, you know, a lot of them have uh, Arabs in them. And I mm -hmm. think given the fact that there aren't that many stories with Arabs uh, or Muslims in them, I mean, that becomes a revelation to some people. Right. Um, so well, there's a universality to it. Yes, yes. There's, at least you can't watch the play without drawing connections. Absolutely. I'm a Chicana. Yes. And, uh, you know, part of the story, I just laughed. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked to sound more Latina. Yes. And it just Absolutely. tickles me to Absolutely. no end. I'm like, okay, why don't you tell me yes. what a Latina is supposed to sound like? Because yeah. obviously I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I love it when, when after after a show, people from different uh, ethnicities come up to me and go, either, you know, that's just like my family or right. I, I totally recognize the situation your characters are in. So, yeah, there is a, there is a, uh, uh, um, uh, a universality to, to a lot of these uh, to the stories I tell, at least I hope so. And it's also a very American story, you know, um, you know, different uh, ethnic groups having to sort of go through this and, and, and struggle to, um, let others know the full story, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, give a full, uh, uh, um, portrayal, um, of themselves and and um, to try to counteract you know negativity. So I, I, I do think uh, many different ethnic groups, um, you know, throughout the ages, you know, Italians, uh, uh, Jewish Americans, African Americans, uh, Latinos. I mean, um, we've all. I mean, we all have to go through this gauntlet, you know. And to try and reframe um, the story and change perceptions. So. And you do draw a connection with uh, the sexism and how limited right. Hollywood treats women. Right. Right. One of the characters. With Cassandra. Uh, yeah, Cassandra. Mm -hmm. the, the character Cassandra, you know, responds to uh, uh, Ashraf's complaints and says, you know, gives that big speech about, look, let me tell you something about stereotypes, uh, how it is, you know, um, you know how being a, a woman in this business, uh, the kind of roles I'm, I'm offered, and you know you think you've got a bad. Uh, let me tell you something about what it's like. You know, playing a, uh, being a woman in this business. So yeah, there is that connection. to a conversation with Yusuf Al-Gindi and we're talking about his play Jihad Jones and the Kalishnikov Babes that is being produced by Golden Thread Productions and is showing at the Thick House in San Francisco. Stay tuned as we'll be giving away two pairs of tickets at the end of the show. On Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover, I'm Amelia Gonzalez. about your play, Back of the Throat, which won the 2004 Northwest Playwrights Competition and LA Weekly's Award for Best New Play. It's a play about the surveillance that took place in the aftermath of 9-11. Right. And you've received, as I mentioned, critical acclaim. And I wonder what the response was 
with your average person in middle America watching this? You know, it was interesting with that play uh, when it was first done in 2004, uh, I believe, yeah, 2004, um, first by Golden Thread and Thick, uh, thick Description the co-production and, and then a month later at um, in Seattle and then there were several other as the play you know from 2004 I think the last production was in 2006 the audiences in 2004 were a lot more tense viewing this play um, you know it was still not that far from you know 9-11 right, right. Uh, the war was going on the press was in, you know, um, wasn't at all critical of what was going on with the war or uh, a lot of the Bush policies. The Patriot Act really wasn't under scrutiny. And so those first audiences, you know, had their backs up a little bit. Uh, and so the response was, um, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it was, a, it was a good response and I, could, I had good feedback. But you could feel the tension in the room more. By the 2006, in the last production, when there were more critical voices, you know, in mainstream uh, mainstream press, uh, more questions about the Patriot Act, about the war, th you felt the audience opening up and receiving the play a little differently and being more responsive to it and to the issues and just engaging with the play more. Mm -hmm. So, so there was a difference between its first production in 2004 and the, the most, uh, the latest one, which I, th I believe was 2006. There were, there have been subsequent productions at universities, and so the press was different. You know, you f you felt the reviewers responding differently. You sort of they engaged the play more, and they were more open to it. And um, and we'll see, we'll see what happens with. Uh, there's another production about to happen in uh, London, and so we'll see how that ha how that goes over. <laughs> you mentioned how it evolved. Yeah. How much of that is due to the audience? I think that has everything to, everything to do with the audience because there was actually very little. I didn't change the text at all, so it was really what the broad what the audience brought in, and um, how things were changing around them. In, 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 you know, the political sphere. And, um, as I said, there were, the, the, the critical voices start, started to, you know, uh, be heard more. And I think the audiences just came in more open, uh, uh more willing to hear, uh, back of the throat. And, and, um, because it was, uh, I mean, it, it, it was, you know, it sort of depicted a man who, um, was being interrogated um, by the, the agency is never named, but you know probably the FBI. Uh, FBI and um, um, sort of uh, watching him being given the third degree, you know, being put through the ringer, and you know, 2004 watching that. Um, well, watching that unfold in the news. Yeah, watching that unfold right. in the news. I mean, the sympathies for the mm -hmm. central character sort of changed. The, the, by 2006, I think audiences were a little more sympathetic to the central character uh, in the play, Khaled. So I think that was the change. The political climate changed, you know. So. 
I did want to talk about the work of Language Rooms, yeah. which sounds like has just been selected for ACT's 2008 New Play Award in Seattle. Yes, it, it, it was. It, it received a New Play Award um, and, 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 and got a workshop at, uh, at ACT. Right, and that also is not an easy topic that you no, had chosen. No, no, but you know what? It's strangely, we had a workshop. And we we presented it uh, to the audience a couple of times, and I was uh, very gratified that um, uh, there was a lot of laughter, uh, as intended. I mean, the pro- you know the thing is with the with with the heavier the subject matter, um, I think the funnier you have to try and get. Uh, because you just don't want to hit the audience over the head with this, because otherwise, why would they come? You know. Right. Uh, so you know, in all my plays, I'm trying to entertain an audience and engage right. them, and hopefully they're amused and engaged by the subject matter. But uh, with language rooms, I, 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 I did make an effort to I don't want to say lighten it up, but to really truly humanize. Um, the characters and 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 have the audience engaged by the the foibles of the characters and you know it's set in an you know I I, I say it's a it's 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 a dark comedy about those so-called black sites run by the CIA abroad mm-hmm. right where prisoners are um, taken to be interrogated and um, you know the play revolves around these two Arab American translators slash interrogators and um, one of these uh, interrogators uh, falls under people begin to question his loyalty Mm -hmm. and his sympathies Mm -hmm. and that becomes uh, you know they begin to wonder well where does he really stand on these issues and might he be you know um Anyway, questions about his loyalty begin to arise, which freak him out uh, because he regards himself as a very loyal American and uh, what is going on. And you have this other narrative going on about this. Uh, you have these three. S- well, anyway, I, I don't want to go into too much into too detail, much but, detail, but 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 yeah. So it's 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 that's that's sort of it's. You know, it, it it comes. You know, when I describe it, it seems very heavy. But you know, right. but in part, it's it's sort of like office politics, except it's office politics in among interrogators. It's right. like if you had office politics with interrogators. Well, you don't usually have investigation and Arab American yes. and funny yes. in one sentence. That's right. So I must say that in one of the descriptions that I read online, it said that, and so I just thought. I needed to ask you about that. Yeah. Why? Why comedy? Um, and I don't want to say it's a straight comedy. I mean, I think it's it starts off. Uh, I mean, I think it's a bit like Back of the Throat, where Back of the Throat right. is, is supposed to be. You know, I mean, there's a lot of humor in Back of the Throat, um, and I think there's a lot of humor in language rooms. I mean, it gets pretty serious after a while. Um, I mean, comedy in a sense. I just. I mean, that's. I mean, I just see comedy in everything. Uh, um, um, you know, life is ridiculous and 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 sometimes hysterical. Sometimes hysterically funny and hysterically or hysterically sad. But it's just, um, you know, I'm engaged and intrigued by you know human nature and our foibles, and uh, that always pops up in my plays. And I think, I mean, I think it, you know, comedy becomes sort of the 
the sugar to sweeten the bitter pill, you know. Mm. And as I say, I just see, I, I tend to see the, the, the funny side of things. Now, with back of the throat, I mean, it took a while, you know, after 9-11. I mean, it actually took me several months before I could even write anything. And I had to put that play away because I knew I had to find the ridiculousness and some humor in in this situation. Otherwise, the audience would just not put up with it, uh, would be too unrelenting. And so I had to get a lot of distance. Um, you know, I mean, I think after after nine eleven, we were all ju- we were all just a bit shell shocked, and and me included. And so it took a while for that play to finally be finished uh, because I needed the time to be able to to just you know um, think about how I wanted to approach to approach the play. Do you ever think of the political impact that your plays might have? You know, I don't. Strangely, um, my plays are to have. I don't want to say my plays are political plays. They just, they're just, you know, I just, I'm looking around and writing about what's around me, and so that's going to. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of socially engaged with my, you know, I'm, I'm engaged with my environment, and so you know, politics, um, social issues, they're all going to seep into the play. Uh, I don't, I don't actually. I know it sounds like I have these agendas when I write my plays. Um, but I don't, and... Uh, well, it always sounds like that when people aren't in your skin. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, you're, 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 you know, my, my, as I said, my main concern as a playwright is to just be entertaining and to uh-huh. engage an audience mm-hmm. um, to, to, and hope they have a fun time or, a, or, or an engaging uh, time. I mean, maybe fun is the wrong word sometimes. I mean, hopefully with this play, Jihad Jones, I hope they have a fun time. Um, but even with Back of the Throat or Language Rooms, you know, that at the end of the day I'm still a a storyteller and every storyteller has to try and keep his audience's attention and keep them engaged and uh, but you know it's it's hard as a writer I mean it's hard to avoid what's going on around you and Mm -hmm. and you'd have to make a for me I'd have to make a supreme effort you know to write about something other than what's going on now so what's next for Yusuf Kindi? what's next well let's see um I am, um, there's another step for uh, language rooms is, is, uh, I'm going to something called the Ojai Playwrights Conference in, uh, July, August to work on language rooms a little more. It's going to get another workshop and then we'll see what happens with that. And, you know, I'll send it out and, and Jihad Jones, uh, is, is part of this uh, new playwrights network. And hopefully it's going to be done at in Philadelphia and in Dallas next year. And um, we'll see. Just, you know, try to keep on doing what I'm doing. Well, Yusuf Elkindi, I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Cover to Cover Open Book. Thank you so much, Amelia. Thank you. You've been listening to a conversation with Yusuf Elgindi, the playwright of the comedy Jihad Jones and the Kalashnikov Babes. It's showing through June 29th in San Francisco at the Thick House, which is located at 1695 18th Street. For more information, you can go to www.goldenthreadproductions.com. 
www.goldenthread.org. Thanks to the folks at Golden Thread Productions, we're able to offer two pairs of tickets for the performance of June 19th at 8 p.m. You can call at 510-848-4425 after Free Speech Radio News starts, and we'll give them to the third and seventh caller. Again, once Free Speech Radio News starts, call if you're interested to seeing Jihad Jones and the Kalashnikov Babes on June 19th, and we're giving tickets to the third and seventh caller at 510-848-4425. This has been Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover. With Erica Bridgman at the controls, I've been your host, Amelia Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. and discussion featuring a new book, The Framing of Mumia Abu-Jamal, that uses the transcript of his trial to prove his innocence. Saturday, June 28th, 2 to 4 p.m., Berkeley Fellowship of Unitarian Universalist, 1924 Cedar at Bonita in Berkeley. Suggested donation, $10 $5 sliding scale, no one turned away for lack of funds. Sponsored by the BFUU Social Justice Committee. Benefits BFUU and the mobilization to free Mumia Abu Jamal. Wheelchair accessible. For more information, please call 510-526-4402. The June meeting of the KPSA local station